Hi, welcome to season two of Transformative Leadership Conversations with me, your host, Winnie Da Silva. I'm thrilled to be back with you in season two for another amazing lineup of conversations with transformative leaders. And thank you for supporting me in this podcast. If you've listened to an episode and felt its impact, could you tell someone? You could forward them this episode, post about it on social, or text someone who might be interested in listening. If you could share just one, I'd be grateful. Karel Cooper is a leader who is intentional about his career, the development of his people, and the impact he wants to make on the world around him. Karel is the Chief Marketing Officer at Live Intent, one of Business Insider's hottest ad tech companies for two years in a row. Karel is also the co-founder and co-host of the podcast Minority Report, which highlights people of color, women, and people within the LGBTQ community who are savvy business, media, and technology leaders. Karel was also included in Crane's New York Business Notable Black Leaders and Executives list in 2021. One of the things that sort of always sticks out to me is that everyone has their own story and everyone's story is personal to them. Everyone is much deeper than what we see from someone from nine to five. And I think one of the things that I've realized is that people's perspectives on life, people's perspectives on their job and what they do really is shaped by their background, their upbringing, the experiences that they've had along the way. Karel Cooper, thank you so much for being on my show. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Now, you and I got connected through Nathan Knight, who was also a guest on my show. And you were also actually one of the few people I talked to before I launched this podcast who actually had a podcast. And you were so helpful, even though, honestly, I feel like at that point, I wasn't even sure what to ask you. But (laughs) I just really want to thank you for that. (laughs) No problem. I feel like everyone needs help along the way when they're launching new initiatives or trying to grow their career. And there have definitely been people that have helped me out. And yeah, I was super happy to help and glad to see that you launched your podcast. So congratulations on that. And uh, yeah, super excited about our conversation. I'm excited for you to be here for a few reasons as I've gotten to know you a little bit. And first, I think you've done what many of us hope to do in our lives and in our careers, which is be ambitious and achieve our dreams. And at the same time, not be timid about being bold about what our values are and advocating what we believe in, and at the same time, helping others. And you've done and continue to do all three of those things. And I think that's something to really admire and celebrate. I appreciate that. I've never really taken a step back and and looked (laughs) at it that way, but I think it is super important for everyone to be their authentic self. I think it's super important for everyone to really talk about how they feel in a constructive way, because I just think the more individuals can do that, then the better off you will be and the better off you are, the better you will perform at what you're trying to accomplish. And so I got to a point in my career where it wasn't always like this. I wasn't always this way, but I think as I've grown my career over time and have moved up in the ranks at the same time, just being more self-aware and 
feeling more comfortable in my own shoes. That's where I'm at now and happy about the progress I've made personally and professionally. Yeah, I feel like blending those things gracefully is not easy to do. And maybe that's part of what's good about maturing and getting older is, like you said, feeling more comfortable in your shoes and feeling more comfortable with who you are and blending those things together. I think that's just something that is difficult to do. And I think many of us strive to do that. So I think that's a great example. So before we dig into this, really, and your leadership story, Tell us a little bit about Live Intent, and you recently have been promoted to Chief Marketing Officer. What do you particularly love about your new role? For those of you who don't know about Live Intent, Live Intent offers a people-based marketing platform that is powered by the email address and really started out as a way of solving dynamic ad delivery and email newsletters for publishers. And what the company has evolved into over the last 12 years is really building up this ecosystem where we help publishers and brands with a suite of monetization and marketing solutions, helping them to acquire, retain, and monetize their audience within email newsletters and beyond. I personally have been at the company now for six and a half years, was recently promoted to CMO at the beginning of the year, which essentially means that I'm responsible for the overall marketing strategy and execution uh, of that strategy in support of our company goals and objectives. And I have a really, really awesome team that I get to work with on a daily basis, which I enjoy. One of the things that I certainly love about this particular role is figuring out how we connect our marketing strategy in support of our customers. The other thing is just as a leader, supporting my team and watching my teammates grow professionally is super important to me. And one of the things that I do, and I started this years ago, is I actually keep a document, which I call my family tree. And what I mean by that is it's essentially people that I've either hired or mentored or managed at some point in their career and keeping track of that big promotion that they got, the next job that they got, how their career is moving forward. And that is super important to me as a leader. So I, I would say those two things is what I love about my job. Thanks for sharing that. That is such an awesome practice. In all my years of working with leaders, I don't think I've heard of anyone doing that. It's a sports reference, right? In football, people usually refer to that. So if you take like Bill Parcells, for example, who was a, a famous coach for the Giants, the Patriots and the Jets, right? They usually talk about his family tree, which includes people like Bill Belichick and others who at one point worked on his staff and then went on to do great things. So as a big sports fan, I took that reference and said, you know what, let me create my own within the world that I'm in. And again, because um, watching people that I'm associated with grow and do great things in their career. I kind of want to highlight two things about this. I mean, first of all, I think that many, many times leaders at any level really don't always have a grasp on how much or what a big chunk of their job as leaders is to develop the team, to develop people. You don't really always get to see the results of that. It's not like the thing that you did. It's the people you invested in, the time that you spent with them, and you don't always see that. And so I think sometimes leaders have trouble recognizing that is a huge part of their job. I think that's awesome. What have you noticed in creating this family tree? And as you say, checking in and looking back on it, what have you learned or what trends have you noticed about keeping track? One of the things I've noticed is that a lot of people have taken different paths in their career, and I'm one of them, right? If we 
talk about my path to being a CMO, right? I, I started out early in my career leading ad operations teams at a number of different publishers. And then when I moved over to Live Intent in 2014, I actually moved over and led the account management slash customer success team for my first couple of years before then moving into marketing. I've had a little bit of an untraditional path to the CMO position. And I think a lot of folks who I've managed in the past or have mentored have taken not not similar paths, but maybe haven't taken that sort of like traditional line to their next step. And I think one of the pieces of advice that I always like to give folks that I work with is don't have the blinders on. Yeah, Your next job or where your career may go may not always be the way you planned it out to be, but that's okay because the world is changing. The industry that you're in is constantly evolving. And so one of the things that you should always be doing is being a student and practicing your craft, right? Because you never know when that next opportunity is going to come up. You never know when a different door that you may not have expected to open opens up and then there's your opportunity. So it's almost like be a student of your craft and also look out for those opportunities where that craft may fit in ways that you don't expect. Absolutely. Yep. You said it better than I did. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's great advice because I think so many times we have it in our heads that there is a path, unless you're going to become a lawyer or a doctor or a teacher. Those are clear paths, but a lot of careers these days, there's not a career path. So making sure people don't get stressed about that and are flexible makes a richer career for yourself in the end. Absolutely. So let's take a step back and I'd love for you to reflect on a difficult leadership challenge maybe that you faced, maybe recently, maybe linked to COVID, maybe not. I'd love to hear from you what's been difficult and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think it's going back to 12 months ago, really, when literally 12 months ago, all of our worlds got turned upside down because of COVID and the folks that were used to going into the office five days a week now suddenly had to figure out how to work from home and everything that comes along with that, right? Because everyone's in a different situation at home, right? Some people are at home married with kids. Some people are at home single with kids. Some people are in a small New York apartment with roommates. Everyone has their own personal sort of situation at home. As a leader, that was certainly a challenge because it was one, okay, making sure that I'm okay personally, making sure that my family is okay, making sure that my kids are okay, right? My oldest is 12 years old and she had to start doing school from home. And the reason why I had to put myself first, obviously family comes first, but you can't really lead and take care of other people if you're not okay, Yeah. right? And it was that sort of challenge of making sure everything was good at home and then making sure that the 12 people on my marketing team were good in their situations. And that's personally and professionally. And so I think when you think back to when the year began, none of us would have ever thought that we'd still be in the situation that we are right now in terms of the virtual world and everything that comes along with that and making sure the team was okay. And then pivoting our marketing strategy. Because again, we went into 2020 with all these plans for the year. And a lot of those plans included in-person events and those sorts of things. And so taking a step back and figuring out what we had committed to already and where we could pivot as a team, because at the end of the day, 
we still had a business to run at Live Intent, and we still had numbers to hit and support from a marketing perspective. When I like to look at these challenges from a leadership perspective, there are some that are business related. There are some that are personal related. But I think the situation with COVID and the pandemic and the change to working from home blended those two in a way that I don't think any of us ever experienced before. And so it had to be all about an individual's entire situation. It couldn't just be about the individual when they're in the office anymore because their office was now their living room, their bedroom, their home office, kids running in the background, dog barking, and all of the above, right? And so that was a difficult challenge from one that we didn't expect to, there's no blueprint for it. But what I'm happy to say, though, on that point is that I think we, all things considered, had a really good year as a company, as a marketing team. All things considered, we performed very well under the circumstances and are still performing. I think a lot of that credit has to do with one of our values that we have at work, which is put people first. And we really mean that, put people first, right? And so we set up a lot of different support systems last year throughout the year. We have a, a wonderful people dev team at Live Intent that that led a lot of the charge there and, and helped make the lives of some of our, our managers easier. And the end result of that is our company performed very well last year. We grew revenues by more than 20% from the year before. And what's good about that is us growing revenues, it means that we helped our customers make more money as well too. I love your perspective of, okay, there was me, my family, there was my team, and I have responsibility for my team and how I help them also cope and sort through this. And then there's my company and what we did from a company perspective. And really the company perspective piece has two parts, right? So there's what you did for your people, really living the values in ways that maybe you didn't have to quite as much as you did before. But then also from a business perspective, it sounds like you were able to turn around that marketing strategy that you had from 2019 into something that worked for 2020, given the circumstance. So that's a lot of layers. Let's start with you. How were you able to put your family first? Was that like a mindset where you're like, okay, I got to figure this out. And and therefore it means that I have to take time away to do it. Yeah, it, it definitely was a mindset. And, and one of the things that I thought about when I first started working from home is I live in New Jersey and our office is in lower Manhattan. And my commuting time every day was about an hour and 15 minutes one way. Right. Oh, and wow. so that is two and a half hours a day on the road. And so one of the first things that I actually thought about was, okay, I now have two and a half hours back. Which is a lot. <laughs> yes. And so what am I going to do with that time? And so I continued to wake up very early in the morning. And what I would do is just basically manage my day, right? So waking up at five, instead of being on the road for again, an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and a half, I'm going to get up and I'm going to get some work done before the kids get up. That way, when they get up, then I can help get them ready. And that sounds simple and basic, but it was really sort of like putting together a plan and thinking about, okay, I got two and a half hours back now. How am I going to spend that time? I honestly looked at that as an opportunity to utilize those two and a half hours 
in a more productive way as opposed to sitting on the New Jersey turnpike. You were very intentional, like, okay, I'm not going to just let this time slip away or devote it all to work. Was there anything particularly challenging about putting family first in the midst of this COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was my 12-year-old daughter who loves to be in person with her friends, her teachers, loves that interaction. Just mostly all 12-year-old kids do, right? And making sure that she was set up properly and that she was in a good mental state for this change. Yeah. So your team, Tell me about that. You are sort of sandwiched in between, right? You have to take care of yourself, but yet you do have responsibility to take care of your team in ways that you weren't having to do before. So tell us a little bit about that. When I think about the team and last year, we had to sort of ease into altering our marketing strategy. And what I mean by that is that I remember the first couple of weeks we started working from home. I really wasn't trying to have meetings with the team members about, okay, we need to change this. We need to do this. We need to do this. Because I knew that for the most part, they were trying to get settled at home. And so putting that extra burden of we need to totally switch up our marketing strategy, it just wouldn't have been effective. And I do think that was the, the right thing to do. And thinking about our team, we've got people that are spread out all over the U.S. right now. We've got people on our team that are also parents of, of young kids, younger than my kids as well, too. And so I think one of the things that I've really tried to do with the team overall is just have a deeper level of flexibility in terms of this sort of mashing of personal and professional life, right? That is one of the things that I've tried to do is have a lot more flexibility and empathy as well, too, and listening to my teammates, right? I think that that is super important. And one of the things that I think I've gotten better at as a leader over the years is just really, truly listening to what they're saying, listening to the challenges that they have, listening to the opinions that they have, and then trying to figure out what's the best way to help them out. I'm not always perfect at it, but I think that's one of the definitely the lessons that I've learned over the last 12 to 15 months is to be a bit more empathetic, listen a bit more. You definitely have a much deeper look into people's lives again because everyone is at home. And so that that's super important to me. Going back to that family tree document that you've got, it sounds like you're pretty aware of everyone has their own situation. But it sounds like you're being very intentional about, okay, where are you at? What do you need, which might be different than what someone else needs? Absolutely. And I think that's all a part of treating people like human beings, right? And, and understanding that this is their life, right? And understanding that the people that we have on the team are very talented and do an awesome job, and we should be supporting them every way that, that we can. Looking back over your life and career, are there some learning moments or lessons that really have stuck with you that continue to help you in times of difficulty when you hit a wall, when you hit the roadblocks that come up? Yeah. So one of the things that I, I always try to do is think about the larger body of work. And what I mean by that is, is I've been a, in a professional career now for 21 years. And obviously throughout that time, you have successes, you have challenges, and you have failures that you need to learn from. And I think one of the things that I've always tried to do is never get too high on a success 
and never get too low on a failure. And specifically with the failures, what I always try to remind myself is that is to think about my 21 year career and the successes that I have. And that even if I've had a failure, that doesn't define my career or who I am or what I've done in my career. And I think that that's super important because I think especially more junior employees that don't have the level of experience or years in the industry that I've had is sometimes they may get super down if something doesn't go their way or they made a mistake or they've had a failure that they need to learn from. And I think the more you end up dwelling on something that didn't go well, the harder it's going to be to recover from that. And so I try to get over it as soon as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but how did you learn that? How did you get there? Yeah, it's a great question. I think it came with time. I don't think there was any one particular person or conversation or anything that, that I've had in my career that was like, okay, now I need to stop doing this. I think it just came with time and experience. And I'm different now than I was at 20 years old. Everyone grows and evolves. And I think it's just one of the things that I, I've just learned over time is to try to like not dwell on mistakes or failures. Not all marketing is going to work, right? And sometimes you got to test and sometimes you don't know something is going to actually work or not. Just thinking about that in my, in my marketing career and just trying to bounce back as quickly as possible and move on to the next thing is, is just become super important. Yeah, right. It's it's part of your job and what you do. So I mentioned earlier that you have this amazing podcast called The Minority Report, which puts a spotlight on people of color, women, LBGTQ, people within the business, media, and technology. And after interviewing some really interesting and accomplished leaders, I'm curious, what have you learned about leadership while creating this podcast and talking to so many of these people? Yeah, we've been at it now. It'll be three years in May of this year that we've been at it. And it's been, I think, one of the greatest experiences that I've had in my career, mainly because of what you just said, is the ability to sit down and talk with such a great, diverse group of people. And one of the things that sort of always sticks out to me is that everyone has their own story and everyone's story is personal to them. And going back to the point I was making earlier, right, everyone is much deeper than what we see from someone from nine to five. And I think one of the things that I've realized is that people's perspectives on life, people's perspectives on their job and what they do really is shaped by their background, their upbringing, the experiences that they've had along the way. And what that has taught me is that that makes it even that much more important for kids to be exposed to people that don't look like them, don't talk like them, come from different cultures. The more kids can be exposed to others at a younger age, I think, the better off we will be as a society long term. Yeah. And not even just exposed to, but which I'm sure you meant, but like relationship with. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that is exactly what I meant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's important because I think relationships can change the world, right? If you can have a relationship with someone that's different than you, you see that person as a person. And yet you can also understand what makes them unique and what makes their potential struggles unique as well. Absolutely. We just had a guest on the podcast. And one of the things that he said was that 
travel is one of the greatest gifts a parent can give to a kid. I love that. And well, yeah, and what he meant by that was traveling and meeting different people, experiencing different cultures, right? Because the more you are familiar with someone that's not like you, then the better understanding you will have and the less biases you will have as well too. That's right. I think travel is so important. I'm curious if you feel like, and maybe not, if there was a connection between, as you said yourself, becoming more empathetic and being a better listener. Do you feel like there's a connection there to the podcast and you hosting this podcast? Yeah, I definitely do think that is the case because we've had some guests on the podcast that, quite frankly, I've known for years in our industry. And as I was interviewing them, I would always learn something new that I didn't know before. And that was because the person that I knew before was, again, that nine to five person, that industry person. But the podcast gave me and that individual, lots of individuals, the opportunity to sort of peel back the onion, if you will, and let's get to know each other on a deeper level. And so, yeah. I definitely think that doing the podcast over the last three years has really given me a sort of different perspective on people that I've known in the industry, but got to know a little bit better and also helps me in conversations with people as I move forward. So it's, yes, when I meet people, some of it is about business, but I also want to get to know the person a little bit more as well too now. Right. I'm imagining that in learning about people that you've known for a while, but as you say, now you're uncovering the story behind the nine to five, it must be really interesting, their stories, right? And so in some ways you're developing that curiosity that you're then carrying over into your team or other people or clients. And you have probably that curiosity of, hmm, I wonder what their background story is. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm always curious now to understand what someone's background is because you just don't know until you have the conversation. You just don't know. Yep. I want to also ask you, and maybe this is a segue into that for you, being a person of color, being a leader, tell us a little bit about how that impacts you as a leader. Yeah, I think the impact is tremendous. It is actually something that I think about and carry with me every single day. And the reason why I say that is because representation is super important. It is super important for people that are coming up, for kids to see individuals that look like them in positions of leadership. And so I take that responsibility very seriously. It's one of the things that motivates me to perform at a high level on a day-to-day basis because I do want to set an example for others and I do want to utilize my position of privilege to open doors for others. And so outside of being the CMO at Live Intent, I'm also the chairperson of our Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Executive Committee at Live Intent. I'm also a board member at Marketing Edge, which helps educate and develop and grow marketing students and diverse marketing students as well. And I'm also an advisor to a company called VR Perspectives, who leverages virtual reality to train organizations on conscious inclusion. And I try to tie everything that I do from a work perspective, from a professional perspective, and even personally into diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's super important to me. Yeah. Is there a particular challenge that you faced in your career being a person of color? 
I mean, there's probably a lot, maybe too many to mention, but is there anything that sticks out to you that really has been something that you keep with you to help others to drive forward? Yeah, I think one of the things that has been an unfortunate trend over a large portion of my career is that I'm either usually the only one in the room that looks like me or the highest ranking black person at a company. I'm not just talking about Live and 10. I'm talking about prior to that as well, too. I don't take pride in that. I don't want to be the only one. And so that is one of the things that I think continues to drive me so that we can stop having these conversations about being the only one. As you think about giving advice to someone who is, and this could be a person of color, it could be someone else, anyone who's kind of taking on maybe their first leadership role. What advice do you have for that person? Or maybe even what advice would you give yourself (laughs) as you first came into being a leader? Yeah, I think it goes back to some of what we were talking about earlier, which is focus on your team and your direct reports. And your number one job as a leader is to put your team in a position to be as successful as possible, right? That means that your job is to clear barriers for them. Your job is to listen to them. Your job is to have a point of view that where you can point them in the right direction. I always think I'm going to hire really talented people to come in and work with me on my team. My job is now to make sure that they can utilize their talents to the best of their ability to do an awesome job. And so my job is to clear the barriers, listen, and point in the right direction. So really own that role of being a people leader. Yeah, that's it. And it's a different mindset than an entry-level job or being an individual contributor or something like that, right? It is a completely different mindset. You hire people to do a job, help them do it to the best of their ability. Did you ever struggle with immediately seeing tangible results from that, being a driven leader, being a driven person yourself? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so how did you overcome that? (laughs) Absolutely, again, going back to earlier in my career where I was focused on ad operations and being much more hands-on and being an ad traffic manager and those sorts of things, transitioning over to letting go, if you will, was a very difficult thing because I was of the mindset of, if I'm gonna do it the way I want it to be done, I might as well do it myself, (laughs) right? Exactly. What I realized though, There was going to be absolutely no way I was going to continue to grow my career and scale at what I wanted to do if I held on and tried to do everything. And so one quality that a great leader has is trust. And you have to trust in the people that you've hired and you've got to let them make decisions. And you've got to also live with the fact that, you know what, they may not always make the right decision, but who does? So no one does. Right, exactly. When I came to that realization in my career, that's when I started to, to let go. And just thinking there was no way I was going to be able to move on to the next level in my career if I continued to hold on. I really like that you said that because as much as It's clear that you care about people, you care about your team, you truly care about their development. There is something about connecting the dots to that and I'll be able to scale, like I'll be able to do new and different things. I'll be able to learn more if I can trust and let it go. And I think connecting those two is really important. Yeah, it definitely is. And some of it is, this may sound a little funny to say, right? But some of it is being selfish, right? Okay, like 
how am I going to grow my own career if I keep holding on to other things that I've hired people to do, right? If I'm not evolving and moving, then I'm in a way creating a ceiling for the people that are below me, right? And if I create that ceiling, then what's going to happen? They're going to get to a point one day and they're going to leave. They're going to go somewhere else, right? That's right. If they're good. (laughs) Right. And so part of this is about career development and growth for your direct reports as well. It's good for everybody, right? Yeah, it's good for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. These are the questions that I wanted to ask you. Should we talk about anything else? Are there any other things that you've learned through your leadership journey? Yeah, I would say the other thing is mental and physical health. Super important, right? Okay. It is super important that as a leader, you're taking care of yourself. And everyone has different situations and, and can do different things. I like to cycle a lot. I think that is healthy for me from a physical perspective, but mentally too, it gives me time to step away for a little bit and clear my head, think about things as well too. And especially over the last year when we've all been home and we all have Zoom fatigue and sitting in front of a computer, figuring out what works for you to make sure that you're taking care of yourself mentally and physically, super, super important. We can't do anything without our health. Our health is the most important thing that we have to protect. And is there anything in particular that you struggle with to maintain that or to make sure you're doing that on a regular basis? Not anymore. And the reason why I say that is because at the beginning of every year, I set um, personal and professional goals for myself. And one of my personal goals is that I need to be doing something active 70% of the days of the year. And so if there are 365 days in a year, which there are, I think that roughly breaks down to being active five days a week. And so I try to either walk, cycle, lift weights, do something like that five days a week. Is there anything that you do that's not physical, but takes care of your mental health? I do breathing exercises. I tried yoga last year. I can't get into it. It's just not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Breathing exercises is what usually works for me to just calm myself down, calm my mind down, take time away, those sorts of things. I like to read as well too. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. I don't think you can mention it enough (laughs) to really bring that point home that the mental and physical health is just so critical to your performance. I'm not going to be the best leader I can be. And I'm not going to reach my professional goals if I don't do this. So be it. Yeah, it it is. It's the foundation for everything that you want to do as an individual, right? You have to have your health. You have to. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here today and talking with me. I've really enjoyed our conversation and connecting with you. These are such great insights and just good reminders. And it's just so nice to hear how other people are doing this and thinking about it and living it out and figuring it out. Thank you so much for for sharing your life with me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Transformative Leadership Conversations with me, your host, Winita Silva. Could you take a few minutes to provide a rating or write a comment on Apple Podcasts? Also reach out to me at www.winnitasilva.com to learn more about my work in executive coaching, leadership development, and team effectiveness. If you have your own story of overcoming a leadership challenge you'd like to share, please email me at winnie at winifred.org. Maybe I'll even have you on my show. Thanks so much.